Hello and welcome to the podcast. Sam and Jack again on the mic, working out our lives and hopefully advising you. So today we listen to the episode How to Plan an MVP by Michael Siebel for the Y Combinator School. And it was very useful. I wish I had done this three months ago when I first started building the MVP or perhaps six months ago when I didn't start because I thought it was too big to bother. And I wish I'd just done something super small and just, and just done it. But basically, he starts off with talking about finding an understanding of the problem that you want to solve. So talking to users and seeing what the problems are out there, which you've already discussed. And then just trying to build an MVP as quickly as possible, essentially. And pre-launch, you can just endlessly put launching off and just keep on doing different things. And you kind of have this big vision in your head that you'll have this like giant launch and everything will be perfect and users will flock around you. And it's like, it's the opposite of that. What you need to do is, in his words, just launch something shitty as soon as possible. And you shouldn't be proud about it. You shouldn't be amazed, but you should just try and find like the biggest problem and see if you can at least fix it in a little bit in such a way that people will at least like give you some feedback on like how to fix it better. He made an amazing analogy, didn't he? His analogy was that if you're going to be doing painting in a house, you don't pick out a tailored shirt, do you? If you know your MVP is going to be rubbish to begin with, why spend so much time on a major launch or like this pomp and circumstance before it? Just get that thing that you're building out there. Just launch it. Don't like put it off. Don't tilt the MVP. Just get out there. Just do it. And I imagine so many startups just get completely mowed down. And then he's like, no, just do it. It's going to be crap. It helps to just set the bar low so you can just like do the thing. But what you need to do is you need to set a deadline of literally like two weeks, treat it like a hackathon and just plan out the features you think you can do in two weeks. Start after two days, throw out half the features that you thought you could achieve in two weeks and just do like the ones you actually can do and just like absolutely limit the functionality. You're only going to target a very small set of users who like really, really have this problem. And just enough that like your mates or like the few people that have this problem will like maybe use it a bit just to iterate on and improve on. That's all you need. The best parts were the questions at the end. His ability to answer questions like that is unbelievable. And when he's talking about like the way of treating with the users, someone to ask him a question, and I'm trying really hard to learn this, someone to ask him a question that takes 15 to 20 seconds to ask, right? He would be like, so what you're asking is, then delivers the question in five seconds. And you're like, wow, that's a skill in itself. And one of the things he immediately drew attention was like, never ask users for eachers because the user's job is to give you problems, not features. So when they go, I want to be able to do this, and it's like, okay, why do you want it to do that? What is the reason you wanted to do that? And I think that's something that was the best thing about it as well. He constantly goes back to, does it solve the problem? Does your MVP solve the problem? With your users, if they have this, does it solve the problem? Don't tilt, don't pivot, don't reiterate. Does it solve the problem that you decided that you wanted to solve in the beginning with? Just because you created the solution to something, just because you created the solution, don't throw it out if it doesn't solve the exact problem you started. Just change it. And he also spoke very intensely about and very well about product market fit. Product market fit, everyone thinks it as soon as you start going, users, 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 your growth is blitzing. And he put it so well that product market fit is when all your dev time is to keeping the fucking thing online. Like they're not worried about reiterating. They're basically keeping the product functional. You're getting so many users coming in that you like all the hosting stuff is going haywire. And you're like, put it in, put it in. Just keep on going. Keep this online. And you know the expression like, oh, they broke the internet. And it's like, you want your product to like almost break you. That's how you know when you've got it, like death by user saturation. And the final thing about it before we move on to our stuff, the great thing as well was like, it's amazing hearing someone from a product slash tech slash dev side that he's from, because I'm looking at what he's saying and, and it, in a lot of the things he said, 
are really useful for me as a growth person because I know I, I can see the importance of building blocks. And when I'm thinking and dealing with product and dev and tech people like yourself, I'm basically looking for those building blocks in which to create a story that I can then enhance or like get out to the world. And that's what he says is doing. Get the first block out there, like build the foundation and move from it. And don't try and solve the problems for all your users. Just solve the problem that you set out because you're the user to begin with. It's very hard for people that aren't in tech to be like, well, we really should be doing this and not realize that it's going to just going to cost you a bunch more time and actually if what you're saying is well i can't market it until it's a product and then you're asking me for more things in the products like well you can't market anything if you're never going to have anything and he does allude to like there is a thing called like a heavy mvp in case you're building like a finance app or a trading stock thing and you can't be losing people's money or something in like hard tech and this kind of stuff but basically most are going to be just like a light MVP of something shitty. When I first thought saw this in terms of Syncify, the most thing that standard, and it's something we, you and I have been really like thinking about over the last week, 10 days, is a giant vision, small MVP. That to me, I was just like, oh, that's us. Like we got to like, because our ambition is something that in five or 10 years time is going to basically change enhance communication, destroy loneliness using tech, right? But that vision, when you boil that down all the way into like a tiny little MVP that allows you to listen to podcasts, audiobooks at the same time and see what your friends have been listening to, that's almost not enough, but it's the necessary step that we need to take in order to get out there. How did you find like seeing that? Super useful. So I've been thinking about like the delays that we've been having and sort of, I've been cutting a lot of features and I already sort of cut lots of things from it just in the initial design of the MVP. And I thought I'd sort of done like a logical thing, but then it's been, been getting into it. I've been cutting more and more things. And now I've sort of really regretted the fact that we're even building an app first. Cause it's like, wait, why didn't we just build like a website that's mobile friendly? This has definitely just added a bunch of dev time and like issues for something that is code that we'll probably throw away. Like, I mean, it's not perfect. It's kind of scrappy and we're doing kind of a nice job, but we really don't need to be. Like I could have just done like a basic table for like users and the data and just like a basic front end and it would already be out there. And I was super annoyed at myself. And then listening to this back again yesterday, I was like, why the hell did have I even like tried to build an app? Like, why didn't we just start a Discord channel with our mates doing something like this, where I'll just find the links to like every podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher or thing, and then just post it once a day. Like, this is the podcast that we listen to today, each day on Discord. And anyone that is going to listen to a podcast on the day, they can kind of go there first to listen to the same podcast as everyone else in our channel. And they could like listen to things about startups. I can just invite all my startup mates and we can talk about like how to build an MVP on one day. And then the next day we'll talk about like the next thing. And it would be a place where people like us would know that there's someone talking about something and there's just a shared experience of the podcast. Well, that's what we need to build. Why haven't I done that? Because I've done shittier MVPs of that. Like I've been doing book clubs and some other kind of podcast-ish clubs where we do recommending and things. And it's helped me loads doing like the book clubs where I like read a book a week with a friend and do something kind of like this. But I figured that's more of a private proof to me of the concept of its value, where the Discord chat is more public, like other people can join and we can get a bit more feedback from other users. Could have done that back in like October, the first hackathon. I could have just done that with like my other dev mates that I was on a boot camp with and been like, hey guys, we all listen to dev podcasts. I'm just going to post one dev podcast a day. If you're thinking of listening to a dev podcast when you go for a run around, think, try listening to this one first because other people will have listened to the same one and you can chat about it. And like, it already solves the problem a little bit and it solves the issue of trying to get the right thing to different people. Cause I never know which link to send. If I'm sending you to like telling you to listen to a podcast and I was like, what does he want? Stitch or things. Whereas if I know that I'm going to be making it public, I'll just bother to find all the different links and just post it on a channel. I can make like an Excel doc. I could like slightly engineer it and like make it. So I can have like the whole list of the playlists and it would just post each one automatically. 
it's not hard to do. And yeah, in hindsight, we really could have had a very, very shit MVP out the door so many months ago, just sort of proving the problem. I'm sure other people in our position would have done the same thing. I think when you want to create an app, you're putting yourself like in the same stratosphere as the podcast app or Spotify. So to create an app, you are competing in like a very, very saturated market because people generally don't have that many apps on the phone. But I don't think we should regret building the Syncify app compared to a Syncify Discord channel. I think the whole time we would have been building the app, but I think we could have just been engaging with users this whole time as well and technically already had something going and building more of a community with feedback around what we do and like finding out a bit more about people's problems. I spent a lot of time user researching and I spoke like a hundred people like in depth about how they use podcasts and what their problems are and like their social media and all these things. But it's not the same as just having people turn up daily and just talk about stuff and seeing how they behave and the kind of problems that you do. Because we're, we're building an app that lets you kind of see people's history and like listen live with them at the same time. But perhaps we could have been doing an app that like <laughs> just posts one podcast a day with like a group of people in like a chat forum where you can like chat with other people because maybe your mates aren't on there or something. I don't want to be a Discord channel or or a WhatsApp group, because then we're just a Discord channel, a WhatsApp group. I mean, I have a WhatsApp group and we talk about my favorite podcast on at the moment. We, and we talk about the, my favorite hobbies as well. And what we're trying to do is we, we should be building the MVP of what we want Syncify to be. It took me a long time to work out what like the core MVP features would be just like from all the million different options that I had in my head and all the different ideas that people gave to me when I was trying to find out what their problems were. Your idea works best as a podcasting app. For sure. Web apps are fine, but your idea, it works best because it is a podcast player at the end of the day as well. Like, do you know what annoys me? I don't want to download the BBC app or, or BBC Sounds. I, I love listening to Annie Mac between seven and nine. And if I shout to Alexa, she'll start playing it for me. But if I go and try and do it on my phone, I have to like go on to something then sign in and all the rest of it. And I don't like web players. Whereas if I had a podcasting app, it's just click, click, done. And then I like, do that. I would like to put radio into the app as well. Just so you, like, if I saw you were listening to Annie Mac, like, I'd be more likely to listen to it because, like, I do like Annie Mac stuff and I don't often think to bother to do that. But if I knew you were doing it, I would. But I think some other advice was how to work with developers, especially if you're not a developer. Yourself. As in, I was thinking about building the whole app. I wasn't really thinking about how to talk to users because that's, like, the scarier thing to do in terms of actually getting them to use the thing is always a scary part. And before you ever code is try and think of a way we didn't do to actually get users doing something besides just talking to them before you build. And then not over engineering because of what we have been building in the code base i've had a lot of blockers with people wanting to refactor things or wanting to kind of sort out a feature that isn't really essential to like the key problem and it's very hard to get developers to think about the mvp from the customer's perspective they think about what the code base is they're working on and they can see the code base and so they want to make the code base as nice as possible and make it an easier environment and to make things prettier and like they're upgrading things or sort of changing the way like the tables work. And it doesn't matter at all to the user. They're never going to see how pretty the code is. And it can be complete garbage as far as the user is concerned. If it takes more time, it's, it's kind of just wasting time. Because if we can make it nicer, but we're still probably going to throw all this code away. So it doesn't really matter. You've got to see like the Airbnb, Justin TV, Stripe, those original like websites they look like. I'm sure that's the same with the code that you're talking about. It doesn't need to be pretty. It just needs to serve a function. Definitely. And I mean, because we're free open source, so I can't really be so forceful on people and being like, a, well, it's great that you want to refactor us to stop using Redux and start using the context API. But you know, we still haven't got like this live feature thing. And like, there's a thing you could do there on that. <laughs> and, like, but I mean, some of the devs actually just like this one guy's joined and he doesn't like 
building things. He just likes refactoring things. And I've had been like, well, okay, if that's all you like doing, I guess you can make the code base better. And like, I guess it doesn't matter if you want to be involved. That's nice. But I can't really sort of allocate too much of my resources and time to kind of helping him at all and checking what he's doing. But he is making things better. They've been great. I can't complain about them. And they haven't done like a lot of work. And I really should have just done so much more myself in the beginning. And that was part of my thing of over engineering it. I was trying to do something more complicated. And now the thing that I've settled on, like I literally could have built this in two weeks if I'd started and I knew exactly what I was building. But it's taken a lot of process of iteration and realizing the mistakes that I'm making as I'm doing them and getting deeper into the code to actually sort of see what decisions I need to make. And so I, I didn't actually plan it out because I'm not a CTO. I haven't built any big applications before of this style. That makes sense. I'm sure it would have taken me probably like two months if I just started building it by myself, but still I could have done it without other people. Although you have become a dev and you're far more technically capable now than you used to be. Neither of us are full stack dev people at all. Yeah, I've wasted lots of time trying to get help that I should have done myself. And it's been like very liberating actually the last week to actually sort of start getting really deep into it and sort of ripping out lots of things and just understanding what's going on everywhere and being like, okay, I'll just do this. This is fine. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's a bit silly on that side. In terms of getting this MVP out then, I mean, we just need to get the, like, the crappiest thing out. And you're right, he said launch something bad quickly. That's probably the biggest takeaway from it all, right? Launch something bad quickly. Get people using and feeding back on the project. Make it flexible and just keep iterating. One of the biggest failures the last company I worked for was the fact that despite having 35 million downloads, there was almost no product iteration for almost two and a half to three years. It's a great idea, but terribly executed and poorly managed. And like even basic iterations would have made it so much better. And by the time it comes back to it, it's too late. It goes into the other dangers of like raising too much money and just having to go like focus on growth, which is what they were doing and not really thinking about. But I'm not sure what, what were the devs doing then over the three years? Well, I don't know if a dev is good or bad. And the heads of product seem, seem pretty decent. But what I saw was just no change to the product. And, I, and, and it never felt right. If it was something with such an amazing vision, it never felt like the vision was going to be achieved and it never felt like we were working towards something. And I don't think anyone who worked in the dev team particularly gave a shit about how it was going to end up, which is sad. But that comes down from the, the top. Like, there's nowhere else that come, comes down from. You have to be willing in some cases to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And they didn't, which is sad. Yeah, well, hopefully we won't make those mistakes. <laughs> We're failing forward. It's a massive lesson because now we get to be like, okay, this is what happens if you don't change your product. And like, you know, this level of retention isn't healthy. You need this level of retention and then you can pay for growth. But the first thing is going to be switching people from using one way of listening to thing to another because just simply because of the healthy socialized. Nice. Okay, good. I think we're now complete. So thank you very much for listening. Just cut everything from your MVP and just sort of release something. You you always have these huge ideas in your head and just launch it. Always hack something super simple and just do it. Do stuff. Yeah. Hindsight. Good times. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks.